The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's Open Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Ducharme. Greg, what's up? What's going on? Happy Open Championship week. Uh, nice to, I mean, the start of play, our first time since play started getting together. So, um, yeah, it's been exciting so far. What a top of the leaderboard. Yeah, the top of the leaderboard is absolutely stacked. Plenty of storylines up and down. But maybe the biggest storyline, Greg, is the scoring itself. Uh, 11 under par is where we're at right now with Louis Oosthuizen. Certainly did not see that coming. And without wind at Royal St. George's, uh, there is not much defense out there. No, um, the 12 under mark that I predicted earlier in the week looks <laughs> win. Uh, yeah. at risk, <laughs> severely at risk. Um, but this is what Lynx Golf does. That's why it's such a hard proposition to try to guess a winning score at the beginning of the week because the golf courses are designed to handle high winds um, because you so often get them. And when you don't get those high winds, you can take it over a lot of the trouble. Um, you also, the other thing is it's really green. The golf course is really green, so you've had a lot of rain. It's been a very wet uh, early summer and spring over there, and so now you get a, a softer golf course than normal, and you get no wind, and that's a combination that leads to this. If it, if it was really brown and it was, it was baked out and the ball was bouncing all over the place, you would see, um, despite the wind, scores that would not be this, this good. But you can basically take it over all the humps and hollows. You really haven't seen the ball land in the fairway in the middle and kick into the rough like we expected. So a lot of the defenses of the course are down this week. An example of how benign uh, the course has been is that Louis Oosthuizen uh, just – just broke the lowest 36 hole score record in open championship history, uh, surpassing. He shot a 129, which surpasses Brant Snedeker's 130 in 2012. And Nick Faldo also shot a 130. That was in 1992. So we are, Greg, in uh, historical territory at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, but again, you look at the, it's a hard thing to really look at scoring records in majors scoring records in the open, especially are really hard to, they, they always seem to have a caveat. They always seem to have a asterisk next to them. So it, it's hard to differentiate between what Louis has done, although it's great. And it's obviously better than anyone else in the field. Is it better than any round, uh, any two rounds in open championship history? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, just as an example, eh, well, and anyway, it, it when it plays easy like this, scoring can fluctuate so much. I don't necessarily look at it as a, a complete um, all-time great two rounds. I, I think there's a um, 
somewhat of a of an asterisk next to the scoring record. Well, let's talk about Louis because he is uh, the favorite over at William Hill. He is plus two twenty five to win the Open Championship, which if he does, that'll be the second time he has done so in his career. And at the thirty six hole mark, he's as we mentioned eleven under. Now we saw him go out and shoot a uh, sixty five on Friday. That was highlighted by an eagle at number fourteen. It got a little shaky coming in. He did give one back, but I thought it could have been worse than that. And he posts eleven under and and two shots clear with thirty six to go. The one on um, on seventeen was really from seventy five yards to hit it long left into that hollow. There was really not good, so I thought that was an excellent save. It really impressed me. Um, the one at sixteen, he missed a little bit to the right. Uh, it got a, away from him into the back right bunker, but I, you know I, that's a, a minor miss. I, I don't look at that as a huge mistake, even though it led to um, it led to bogey. I guess that's a a no no place on the golf course, but really really steady round and the way that he's driving it it really does remind you of what happened in um in 2010 it's hard to sometimes illustrate how good uh and how solid louis eustazen has been in major championships but shane bacon tweeted this out and uh helps illustrate this so here's louis position on the leaderboard after his last nine major championship rounds i'm gonna go from most recent back First, first, second, first, third, first, second, third, first. Nine consecutive major championship rounds in which he has not been outside the top three on the leaderboard is absolutely bonkers. Is that good? I mean, it's uh, it's amazing. It's simply amazing. Rick, is there something when you look at Louis, when you look at his game, is there something you think he does particularly well that has that's led to this? I mean, statistically, uh, he has been one of the best putters on on planet Earth this year, but that does not explain kind of this historic run of major championship success. I think he is just kind of this low-pressure golfer, right? He just finds a lot of fairways. He finds a lot of greens. He never really, he never overswings. He rarely puts himself in kind of a, a sour situation. And at majors, and this one, this one's kind of different, at majors, you know, making par is often a good score. Uh, and a lot, that's kind of what he does. He's the steady Eddie. And when the leaderboard gets chaotic, he's the one kind of, uh, the one pillar kind of standing there. Yeah, it, it always, it seems that he can do it on, Easy golf courses when it's like this, he can he can pick away at birdies um, in it throughout um, the entirety of a tournament. Or when it gets really difficult, he can handle that as well. So I agree with you that he is very steady, um, and and I think his persona and demeanor is extremely important to him. But the other thing, Rick, that I've noticed is players have this way. We talk about this on Monday a lot when somebody has a kind of a hot streak going like Hank Lebiota, for example, somebody has a little bit of a hot streak going and they're playing the next week. You always have to wonder, well, how are they going to do? And it, it, where is the actual peak? Um, and where are you going to start to see a, a, a downturn? And for Louis, he seems to be able to not only peak for majors, but he seems really hungry to win another one. And it's been he's been close, but not necessarily expected to win in the last couple. We haven't seen it where, OK, this is Louis's turn. And at the end of 36 or 50, well, mainly 54, at the end of 54 holes, we haven't been saying Louis should win this tournament. We haven't said that um, in those nine rounds. So. 
I think it'll be interesting to see how he handles the pressure going forward with the leaderboard being as strong as it is. And uh, a couple of other guys who are uh, um, pretty good closers, I would say, um, in Spieth and Morikawa. It, it's going to be fascinating to watch how he handles it. Um, and, and it all starts tomorrow afternoon for him. Yeah, let's talk about one of those chasers. Uh, we'll start with mm, let's start with Morikawa because he is two shots back. He went out early on Friday and shot a six under sixty four. It was uh, magnificent. I'm not sure he hit a bad shot. I mean, it was it was really special stuff. And I think even the bigger thing is when this is all said and done through two rounds, Greg, he's going to be on the worst end of the draw by like two and a half shots. The, the late early draw is going to be two, two or two and a half shots more difficult. And Morikawa still prevails to be just two shots back heading into the weekend. Well, this is the thing about the draw. I find it fascinating. If you can go out and let's say Thursday afternoon is the toughest of the, it's very clear. You you don't have to even look at numbers to see it, Rick. You, you just watch and you know, this afternoon is easy. Yesterday afternoon was not. Um, so it was very clear. But when you can go out in an afternoon round in the harder wave, um, especially when it's Thursday afternoon and shoot a really good round like he did, you get mo- you gain a lot of momentum and there's not a lot of time in between rounds to think about it. So you have that quick flip turn and all of a sudden um, it's not like this morning was very difficult. It's not like it was howling this morning and it got easier as the day went on. It, today was just kind of an easy day in my estimation. And, and so you get one easy round, you play great in the hard round, and then you flip turn around and the conditions are a little bit easier and you go get it. You go do what Colin Morikawa did. It, it can turn into an advantage when your second round is the easier round. Now, if it's the other way around um, and, and let's say Thursday morning is really particularly difficult and you play Thursday morning, um, it can be hard Friday afternoon, even if conditions let up to go out there and, and go get it. It can be because there's so much more time in between. So I, I think having that afternoon tea time on Thursday, even though the conditions were tougher, he, he gave himself an advantage by playing that great round. The next 36 holes for Colin Morikawa, uh, they're going to be fun. They're going to be interesting, but they could be historic, Greg, because no player in men's golf history has won their debut in two different major championships. Morikawa won the PGA Championship in his first try in 2020, and this is his first crack at the Open Championship. If he wins that, he'd be the only one, and he would add his name to a very short list of Open champions who were 24 or younger in the past century. That's 100 years. Bobby Jones, Peter Thompson, Gary Player, Seve Ballesteros, Tiger Woods, maybe Colin Morikawa. Um, You know, it's uh, quite a list. It really is quite a list, but in a strange way, I can see him on that list. Um, he, he, it feels like he may belong there. So, um, I'm fascinating. I'm fascinated to watch him perform over here in this style of golf. I would, I would guess that it suits up really well for his game, especially this course. It's, it's so clearly a ball strikers golf course. Um, and so I love to, I love to see it. You love to watch him play. You love to watch him hit these approach shots. There's a creativity that he has in his iron play that a lot of other players don't have. I, I, I don't think we've really seen it this week yet. I don't, maybe a little bit yesterday. Um, but boy, he was just all over the flag stick today. It was, um, it was incredible. 
Speaking of creativity, Jordan Spieth is three shots back of Louis Ustase and one shot back of Colin Morikawa. Shot a 67 on Friday. That's three under par. And he was a bat out of hell out of the gate. Greg, he birdied his first two. He birdied three of his first four. We saw a little bit of Spieth magic and another guy just lurking again at an open championship. Yeah, this just, it really feels right. Um, The second nine, which was the easier nine today, right? Wasn't it, uh, wasn't the second nine a little bit easier today? Yes. I don't know if you have it. It was actually, it was actually uh, over a stroke easier, yes. Yeah, so, um, so the second nine was disappointing in a way. He had the three putt at 15, but not just, he had a lot of opportunities that were very makeable that he missed. And here we are again in another major where the thing holding Jordan back is his putting. He hasn't really made any putts. And I kind of, I have to feel like that's a good thing for him um, heading into the weekend because he does have the speed of the greens. He's not putting poorly. He's not hitting really bad putts. They're just not going in right now. And it reminds me of the way John Rahm was putting at Torrey Pines where he's hitting good putts. They're not going in hitting good putts. They're not going in. And it doesn't feel like he got everything he could have out of his round today. So um, I expect over the weekend Jordan Spieth to be hanging around. And, um, you know, I, I really thought he had a great chance of winning earlier in the week. Um, and I, my, my thoughts on that are only a little bit higher right now than they ever were. If it wasn't good enough to have Louie, Morikawa and Jordan Spieth at the top of the leaderboard. There are some big boppers lurking. Scotty Scheffler has a couple of holes to play here. He is just a couple of strokes back. John Rahm tied Morikawa and Emiliano Grillo for round of the day. That was a 64. So he has now moved to five under par for the championship. And Dustin Johnson, who as we speak is likely to tap in for birdie on 18 to move to seven under that's going to put the number one player in the world just four shots back of the lead how would you like to be john rom a shoot 64 uh and only gain one on the leader right and and you only beat the two guys in your group by one that group Amazing. was on fire today it was so fun to watch um so i i i had a lot of john rom action i know i'm not the only one this week. Um, so I was very high on him entering the week and yesterday's round towards the very end. I was, I was quite impressed. Um, cause it could have gotten away from him yesterday very easily. And it, and it didn't. Um, and it was, it was the birdie on 18 that really was, um, so impressive to me. So I'd love to see that from John Rahm. Uh, takes the momentum from day one right into day two, goes out and shoots a, a nice 64. Um, and then Dustin Johnson at only four back, um, I, I, Rick, I, I just, I'm so excited for this weekend. I know. I'm so excited to wake up early tomorrow morning and just watch the open because I think you're going to see the heavy hitters all rise to the top. Louis Ustase in plus 225 over at William Hill. Jordan Spieth plus 450 along with Colin Morikawa. I've already given Dustin Johnson uh, the birdie on 18. He's lining it up as we speak. He's 8-1. to one, And Scotty Scheffler still lurking at 10-1. to one. And then, oh my, I'll keep going. Rahm is 14. Case uh, Kepka is 18. Those are the favorites to win. It is just all big name after big name after yeah. big name. We didn't even mention Kepka. <laughs> we, didn't even, we didn't even mention Kepka. He, Great he round today. Birdied, birdied his last three. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does over the weekend. Cause Kepka has been doing this thing where he's lingering around and he's just not quite in it. Is Kepka going to get hot 
in, in one of these rounds where like he did at the end of the round today, I'm with you, but is he going to go shoot around and accelerate himself to the top of the leaderboard tomorrow? Maybe he gets off in a, a little bit of a earlier game tomorrow. Maybe it gets tougher as the day goes on. Um, but ultimately for Kepka, I just, I don't think it's played difficult enough for him to really have an advantage, even though he's played nicely. I, I just, I kind of feel like um, sitting in tied 12th, he may be, a little too far back, but I love Rom at six. I love DJ uh, now at seven. Those guys are right there. Mm, I don't think Brooksy's too far back, especially no, you know at six. But one guy is too. One guy is too clear. I know, but if he, I know you're right, and I say it all and the his time. His name's it Louis Ustazen, who does not necessarily have a great winning pedigree. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I look, look, I have kept getting my one and done this week. I loved him going into the week, which is probably why I feel like he's too far back. Cause I, right. it, it, I don't want to, you know, hang my hopes up too high, but this right. is going to be really interesting to see. I think he's going to have to go out there and go really low. The problem is the closers that you have on this board yeah. um, with, with Colin Morikawa with Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson and a hungry Louis Oosthuizen, who's got to be saying this one's different. He's got to be saying that in his mind. I just, I, I feel like um, he's not going to come back to the lead. People are going to have to catch Louis because he knows that he can't come back to the lead. He knows that he hasn't done anything yet. He's got far too much experience, far too much scar tissue. So if you're Brooks Kepka, you got to go chase that down and, it's it would be a great weekend of golf in in the majors if he got to 11 under um and it just seems like getting to the winning score of 12 under is uh going to be a tough one all right hopefully he's listening and hopefully he hopefully he's taking it uh a bit personal rory McIlroy gave us an interesting quote i want to talk about will zalatoris withdrew we need to talk about that and then some notables to miss the cut but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And we're back. Rory McIlroy uh, survives, makes it into the weekend. Two rounds of even par. That's good enough to get you through. Rory, T53 as we go in. And there's kind of been this narrative building uh, you know, for Rory uh, based on the fact that he hasn't won a major championship since 2014, Greg, that he's kind of trying too hard, right? He's trying, to, trying too hard in these situations. And he was kind of asked about it. And here's his quote. He says, not at all. I've got four of them. Geez, look, I've got, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I get to do what I love for a living. I have a beautiful family. My life is absolutely perfect at the moment. I want for nothing. So it's not a case of trying too hard. It's a, um, it's a challenge. Major championships are hard. Uh, so I do give him a little bit of credit. I, I think Rory is really good when things are all going his way. And when Rory gets hot, there are a few guys that can play with him, but it's hard to get hot in these tournaments. It, it's really hard. So it's been a little bit uninspiring. And, and the two areas where Rory's been struggling, I think, make it particular, particularly hard to contend in majors. Uh, and it's the putter that goes cool. I mean, it, it, stay, it pretty much stays cool um, and it can heat up upon occasion. And the driver, which just gets... A, 
kind of wildly inaccurate. Um, and because of that, he ends up in some difficult situations um, uh, on in major championships. And when you start to miss big like Rory does off the tee, you get in really difficult circumstances. So he doesn't give himself the birdie opportunities that we'd love to see, and he doesn't make them as often as we'd like. So it's hard for him to go shoot a 65 in a major um, the way Louis did today. It's hard for him to go really low because those two areas have been weaknesses for him. And um and he, he's not the greatest iron player in the world. He's very good, but he's not the greatest. It's not a strength of his to rely on. If Justin Thomas struggles off the tee and, and on the greens, you feel like he's still got a chance because of what he can do with his irons. But Rory's strength isn't very strong, and his weakness isn't getting a whole lot better. So I think that's what's kind of causing Rory the problems. Mm. All right, we'll keep an eye on Rory, see if he can make a move on the weekend. Maybe we've got one of those patented Rory uh, backdoor top tens uh, in our future. We'll we'll see. Unfortunately, uh, Will Zalatoris was making his debut uh, this week at the Open Championship, and he had that really awkward incident on 15 on Thursday where he was in that super thick, heavy, rough Greg. He took a hack trying to extract his ball and you could tell it immediately bothered him. He was, he was kind of bent over. It immediately got him. And he said it sent a a, a tingling sensation down his left leg. And and he, he considered not finishing the round and he woke up early on Friday morning to try to get treatment. Didn't get any better. So he has opted uh, to protect the body and to WD to withdraw from this event, which is a shame because obviously you don't want anybody injured and you would have loved to have seen the kid, you know, play out the final, the final three rounds. Yeah. Um, Cause it was a nice round yesterday and he probably would have had a, you know, he, well, he would have had a chance to get back in the mix. We saw uh, John Rom get himself back in the mix after shooting one over yesterday. So it was definitely out there for a player like Will Zalatoris to uh, to contend on the weekend. Um, so it's definitely disappointing. I hope it's nothing that lingers. Backs are this. It's not fun. If something really seriously went wrong, um, it's not going to be very fun for Wells Alatoris and it's not going to be fun to watch. So back injuries have a funny way of, of lingering. And I hope this is just a more of a stinger than a real injury. And um, I hope it doesn't cause any, any future harm. Yeah, absolutely. So he's not going to be around for the weekend. He was one under on Thursday. So he was, I mean, he was in position to, to kind of make a little bit of a move. Uh, Other guys that won't be around, for the weekend, a couple of not, not too many big seismic, like DFS implications or anything like that, but some decent names here. First of all, Phil Mickelson might've finished dead last. Uh, let me keep scrolling. No, he was 12 over, but, uh, did not finish last. He finished in a tie for 151st. And then I think the two bigger names, the ones that we, that people thought were going to have good weeks, the two Patrick's can't lay and, and read. I was asked this question yesterday. What is more surprising to you? Phil Mickelson shot 80 in round one yesterday or Phil Mickelson won the PGA championship. I don't know. They're both, they're both pretty, pretty wild. I think it's way. It Phil could shoot a, it's not surprising to me that he, that he shot 80. I mean, 80 is high. I get 80, 80 is such a high number, <laughs> but I mean, I, he hasn't been doing anything, and he wins the PGA. He wins the PGA Championship at Kiowa. I think that's far more surprising, personally. Um, and and so it was tough to watch. I mean, it's just so tough to see. But um, yeah, 
Because I did also kind of think Phil could maybe win this week, um, if which would be crazy, and you would never think it. But I thought, well, maybe it's Phil. Phil is Phil, as they say, um, which is very insightful. But yeah, so, so uh, I look at this list. Patrick Cantlay is the biggest surprise to me. Um, Patrick Reed, I'm surprised about. Yeah, I thought Reed because but, he had he had that streak. I think it was nine in a row coming in of top twenties at majors. You know, he has found a way to kind of summon it at majors and he went out and shot, let's see, uh, two over on Thursday and one over 71 on Friday. That's just not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's again, it's not so, um, egregious that yeah, it's not it's terrible. a cause for concern, right? This can happen. So it, in a way it's n- none of these are surprising because it's a major and people miss, you know, you, you can miss good players, miss cuts in majors all the time. The, the line between making the cut and winning is very small. Um, but Patrick Cantlay to me was a guy I really expected to have a, a nice week. I didn't know if he could win or not, but um, I don't know. I guess the, I guess the course didn't really fit his eye. Trying to think what else before we get out of here. Um, was there anything other, anything else that was noteworthy? I mean, we talked about all the big names. JT made the cut. Yeah. That was nice to see he played yeah. well, but yeah. we'll see. Anything else? Um, well, I, I was really impressed with a couple of guys. I was impressed with Tony Finau today. John Rahm really impressed me today. Um, I've loved watching Sergio. I, I think Sergio has done a nice job this week. Um, but a guy I'm still really watching out for, and I'm hoping Andy Sullivan doesn't crash the party, but Paul Casey, hmm. uh, I, I'm I'm really impressed with what he's done so far. There was a great little piece on Golf Channel about the pressure that Englishmen feel in the open when yeah. it's in England. Um and you know that Paul Casey really feels it too, but he has been great in the last two majors and three of the last four. And, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Bryson followed up. So he was one over on Thursday and then he bogeyed four and five. So he was three over with what is that? 13 holes to go and battled enough to get back into this thing so he made birdies on 14 and 15 makes the cut on the number so we will see the 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 bryson saga slash drama uh heads into the weekend in in sandwich yeah we just can't get away from it rick it's uh bryson is here to stay and the drama with him just continues um but this is what happens for emotional guys right i i just i still can't believe he said what he said for a guy who's so he seems to be so brand aware. I I can't believe he said that, but, um, but anyway, we'll see what he can do over the weekend. I didn't think it was a good golf course for him coming in. I think he was the biggest, um, miscut kind of projection that we had on the show leading in big name to miss the cut. He, he was kind of the easy guy to target. So nice. Yeah. And a nice second nine for him today. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot going on for Bryson off the golf course right now. And this year, he has been under the spotlight and he's put himself there and it just, I imagine it's been very difficult for him off the course. Jacob has the big board up. Let's, let's, let's make a pick here. Um, so my pick to win before the event, I believe on the show was Brooks. So he's 18 to one, but now we've got odds involved. I will tell you, and if you were paying attention, uh, Dustin Johnson went from eight to one to seven to one before he hit that putt. So if you were paying attention, you probably got a better number on TJ. Uh, I kind of like that seven to one on Dustin Johnson, who has looked 
very good this week, but I also at the same time feel like he has left some strokes out there kind of in that lurking position is, is intriguing. Yeah, he is. Um, sne- uh, that is sneaky. Yeah. And you don't like Louis odds and you don't like Spieth's number. I know that. Hopefully you got, hopefully you got at least a little Spieth action before the week and you don't right. need to really go back to the well. Um, so DJ and, and John, I mean, John Roms, those are great. Those are great numbers. It would take a lot for Paul Casey to go win the thing. I think it would take a lot for Brooks Kepka to go win the thing. Um, but, but DJ and Rom could play just, but it's only one stroke, but how about this solid rounds? How about this? Paul Casey is 40 to one. John Rom is 12 to one. They're both five under is is John Rom three times as likely to win than Paul Casey is from the same spot six shots back? That seems too much. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, how many John Rom wins? Like this is a this is a big thing to consider. John Rom wins a lot of golf tournaments. He yeah. wins a lot. Paul Casey wins seldom. Um, and he wins. So I, I'm, this is not a shot at Paul Casey. You know how much I loved him this week, but I, I just feel like it's a lot for Paul Casey to come back and win. Whereas John Rahm, I feel like almost expects to, he's still at a point where he expects to get a victory here. So yeah. is it three times as much? I, I don't know, but if, if you rule out Paul Casey as a winner now, I mean, it's not enough in a strange way. So it's definitely a long shot. I mean, that's why he's 40 to one, but I just, I just think that like both of those guys who are both like John Rahm's the best player in the world. That's fine. But, but Paul Casey's very, 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 very good. He's a (laughs) uh, a top 25 for a decade, right? He's, he is a top 25 player for a decade and he's that much for, I I understand where you're coming from completely. It's just, who's going to actually go out and win is Louie going to actually go out and win this tournament? That's what we're talking about here. And I, I don't know. You look at that board and after Louie, Jordan can win. You know, he can win. Morikawa can win. No question. DJ can win. No question. Rom can win. No question. Kepka can win. No question. You look at a Scheffler, a Casey and a, a Louie, and there are big question marks. Can they actually seal the deal? Um, but this is the open championship. This is the Open Championship. Yeah, anything can happen. And this is the First Cut Podcast, and I think that'll do it for round number two. That was fun. This weekend's going to be unbelievable. I can't wait for this. Yeah. I still think Spieth's going to win, by the way. Yeah, he probably does. I think he's going to win. We shall see. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Thank you very much, Producer Jacob. That right there, that's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at TheRealGFD. You can find me at Rick Good. This has been The First Cut. And we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.